Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and in this episode, we're looking at how you can become successful as a music teacher. Welcome back, beautiful teachers. So, Let's unpack this question. What does it mean to be successful? You may have looked at the title of this episode and thought it maybe was a little bit mysterious, right? Three horizons and a shortcut. I nearly called this three milestones and a shortcut, actually. That was the draft title for a while, and I realized that was easier to understand in a way, but not accurate. The reason I've called it three horizons is because on your journey to becoming a successful music teacher, I believe you reach these three different possible endings that you think are going to be your destination. You think you're going to arrive. They're almost like mirages. But once you get there, they disappear, right? The horizon just rolls on through. So I'm going to walk you through these three horizons first. And then we'll get to the shortcut at the end. Sound good? Bear with me because these three horizons, you might think, oh, well, if I just skip to the shortcut, I can skip all of this. But I'm already basically reducing your journey by at least several years. So what I want you to do is stick with me for this podcast episode. As usual, I'll keep it short and bite-sized. But we need to walk through these three horizons so that we really understand them before we can take the shortcut. And as you listen to these and hear these horizon ideas, let me know whether any of them sound familiar, whether they were your current horizon, whether they're something you're working towards right now in your studio. So here's horizon number one adding another day. Many of us will have gone through this stage already. So you start with just a student or two students. Maybe you find them through Facebook posts or flyers that you put up locally. I found my first students through posting leaflets through neighboring letterboxes, just literally just hunting for people, posting those leaflets myself through the doors. 
So maybe it's like that, or maybe you know someone who knows someone who needs lessons and they know you are able to play and they ask you to teach their little angel, right? So wherever you get started, you start somewhere. You have your first student or your first couple of students. And then things start to build, which is wonderful. Those students refer you to others or you seek out more yourself. Few inquiries come through and you fit them in. Maybe you're also in school or you're also working. And so you find different spots during the week to fit in those students. Things are going well. Things are looking good for your little studio, even though you might not be thinking of it like that anymore. So after the first little while, that's when you have to add another day. You find that, oh, you were able to fit the first couple of students on a Monday afternoon, but that doesn't suit Susie. So you have to add Susie on a different day. And this feels like an accomplishment sometimes, especially if you do fill that first day properly and carefully. You add that extra day and it feels really good. But do you feel successful? Well, the thing is, as you add that extra day, what ends up happening is you end up running yourself ragged, right? Because you still have that extra job or you're still in school or you have other things going on in your life. And so although you've added Tuesday and maybe you add Thursday, then maybe you add Saturday, it's not feeling like success yet because you're still doing the other thing and you're not able to dedicate yourself to it. So you reach that horizon, but the hills roll on through and you don't feel successful yet. Now you're trying to fit in as many students as possible. Maybe your goal is to become a full-time teacher. So you start building up those student numbers. Maybe you even quit your job or you graduate from school and you're going to move in to full-time teaching. But this is when the inquiries start to dry up. You're scrambling for students. It feels like everyone was clamoring at your door before, but now when you need the students, they're not there. And we all go through seasons like this, and it's amplified by the fact that you want the students, right? It's the same as a student who comes to you and they say, oh, I played it so much better at home, right? Part of the problem is that they did play it better at home, and part of your problem is that there are less inquiries, maybe. But part of the problem also is that you don't listen the same way when you play something at home, right? That student doesn't analyze their own playing the same way when it's just them. And part of the problem with you hunting for these students in this stage of your career is that it feels like they're not coming in thick and fast anymore because you're focused on it. It's the watched pot syndrome. Gradually, though, you do start to fill them in and you have back-to-back lessons all week long. When you finally look at that timetable and you see every possible spot is filled, how do you feel? Do you feel successful? Well, no, because somehow, some way, you're still not making enough money to feel comfortable. You still don't feel good about the income you're bringing in. It feels like you can barely pay your bills, barely cover the costs of running this studio. So you're really worried about what's going to happen in the summer when lessons dry up 
Or if somebody quits. So that didn't turn out to be the destination either, did it? Okay, and then we reach horizon number three, and here's where we have a decision to make. We realise this is not going to work. Cramming as many students into our week as we can still does not leave us with enough income. So here are our choices. We can build a music school. Instead of just a personal studio, we can start to hire other teachers. That's a way you can generate income without actually working for that time. Or we can switch our lesson format and incorporate groups so that we can make more money in the same amount of time. Now, maybe you've reached this stage of your journey and maybe you never get here. But for those that are at this juncture, that's the decision that they need to make. Am I going to hire other teachers to make more money or am I going to become a group teacher? So, first, let's take the first path. Let's say we hire other teachers. Well, you're going to need some more space for that, right? You can't teach out of your living room anymore. So, you need to rent a space and you move out into a reasonably priced retail space. You're very sensible about it. It's on a side street, it's not the most expensive. But it's still scary to take on that other cost, right? However, you think it's going to be worth it if it brings you out of that time for money trap that you've been in. So you bring on two other teachers and you start to fill up their hours. You keep your own students, but you start to phase them out as they quit and you don't take on any new inquiries yourself. You give those to other teachers and fill their schedules instead. The only problem here is that you're spending a lot of time fielding these extra student inquiries and setting them up in the system. But you figure, uh, well, over time, this will reduce. It's because I'm initially filling their timetable, right? Their timetables are empty. I know it was like that for me in the beginning. It's going to be easier once they're full, because it was easier once I was full. Except that... These students don't seem to stick around as long as your students did. So when your timetable filled up, it stayed that way. But for these teachers, both of them, well, Larry starts and then two months later he says he gets busy or little Jacinta suddenly isn't interested anymore. And then you have to fill that spot again. You reach out to the people on the waiting list, you find someone, you fill it in, and then they drop off. What is going on? You're teaching a little less, but you're worrying about filling these teachers' schedules all the time. And it doesn't seem to be worth that 20% cut that you're taking out of their fees. Okay, so let's backtrack. Let's pretend we're in a choose-your-own-adventure book. And we'll go back and choose the other path. Instead of going towards that horizon, we're going to go towards the group's direction. If you want to make more money in the same amount of time, one way to do it is to teach more students because it means you don't have to charge such high fees, but you can make more in that time. You can teach, say, two to three groups of two to three students to start. That's going to feel manageable. It still is extra money and you don't need any extra space for it. So you feel good about making that decision. But after a few months, you realize this isn't enough students to make it profitable. You're spending a huge amount of time planning these lessons, far more than you did in solo lessons. And you're not making that much more. 
So it's quickly getting eaten up by admin time and you know you need to expand into groups. You're going to teach eight students at once, you decide. And so you manage to switch things around in your home so that you can set up a full keyboard lab in one of your rooms. It means giving up a bit of space in your basement, but you can make it work. This is great for your bottom line, but you find yourself burning out in a whole new way. You're spending just a few minutes with each student, hopping around this class, and you can't see the progress the way you could when you were working one-on-one. You're making better money, but you feel frustrated and deflated. So you may be a semi-successful business person, but you don't feel like a successful teacher anymore. And wasn't that the whole point? So those are your three horizons. First, you strive towards just adding an extra day in your schedule. Then you add as many students as possible, but you're still not making enough money. So on the third horizon, you explore other opportunities for growing your income. But neither of them feel very satisfying. What's going wrong? It's not that any of these horizons, any of these results were bad. I described them as if they were because they could be. But they're not always. Not if you take the shortcut to success. So the shortcut is to decide what success means to you before you start on your journey. This doesn't have to be a fixed item. It doesn't have to be, well, in 15 years, this is where I want to be and I work doggedly to get there and I don't question it ever again. But if you don't make any kind of definition, if you don't decide the parameters around what's going to feel like success, how much money you want to make, how many hours you want to be working, what kind of lessons you want to teach. If you've no idea and you start out and you continue along that path, you're going to end up at a horizon that isn't a successful one for you. So that's my call to action today. I want to encourage you to come up with your definition of success. Right now, as it stands, if you got to this place, this type of studio, this many students, this much money, you would feel like you were a successful music teacher. Let me know how you define this. It's different for everyone, the way you're going to set up this definition. So let me know in the show notes for this episode. That's at colorfulkeys.ie slash 154 or in our Facebook group, Vibrant Music Studio Teachers. I'll see you there. One of the awesome benefits for Vibrant Music Teaching members is that they get an exclusive member magazine every month. This magazine brings together our blog articles in a way that is digestible and super actionable. If you want to become a member and get the magazine as well as all the other benefits, you can go to vmt.ninja to sign up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.